Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 1. James chapter 1 and verse 1. I want to welcome everybody in the building today. Thank you for joining me today in the house of the Lord. I want to welcome everybody worshiping with us virtually. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to welcome everyone that's watching the replay or listening to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, whatever platform you're on. Thank you for listening to us right now. James chapter 1 in verse 1. And I'll read through verse 5. It says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. For the sake of time, let's jump down to verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And as we take a look at this passage of Scripture, I want to digress a bit to verse 1. James says that he is a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is interesting that James' salutation would be, I'm a bondservant, which is essentially a slave. James is saying, I'm a slave of God, and I'm a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what, why I find this so interesting is because James and Jesus are brothers. They have the same mother. They're brothers, and he didn't identify with his relationship as a sibling to Jesus. He said, no, I'm a slave of Jesus. I'm a servant of Jesus, and he is my Lord. He is my Savior And far too often, we get into a realm of familiarity with with each other that we don't understand sometimes the special call that they have or the special anointing that they have in life. And James is saying, listen, I'm not so familiar with Jesus as my brother that I don't see him as my Lord and my Savior. And, And I think that is so cool that James recognizes Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And then in verse 2, he says, brethren... I like what he says there in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now let's pause here. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now this word various means without rhyme, without reason. Uh, don't, don't think too much about the source or the origination of the trial. Uh, it's, it's, it could be a different trial. It, it could be a trial that uh, you have no, re- you don't understand why you're going through it or why it came upon you. It's just a various trial. And James tells us, count it all joy when you fall or when you enter into various trials. Now, if we're going to count it all joy when we enter into a trial, it's going to have to be an attitude of maturity. 
We're going to have to be mature men and women to say that I'm going to count it joy when I'm entering into a trial, a tribulation, a circumstance, a situation. It's going to take an attitude of maturity to understand that I'm going to enter into this with joy in my heart. I'm going to enter into this with joy as I'm pressing through the circumstance and situation. I'm going to enter into this and keep my joy as I go through this trial and temptation and situation. And the reason why James is telling us to count it all joy is because he understands something about joy that maybe you and I don't understand. In Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so joy is strength. Joy and strength are synonymous. The reason why we know that to be true, take a look at anybody that you think is weak and you will see that they have no joy. Anybody that's always down, anybody that's always weak, anybody that's always struggling, just take a look at them, observe them, you'll see there's no joy there. There's no joy there. But if you have joy... You can overcome any circumstance and and situation. Just because you have joy doesn't mean you're not going to go through anything. Matter of fact, he's telling us here, don't disregard joy when you are going through something because it is joy that gives you the strength to go through trials and tribulations and temptations. Last week, we talked about the, the temptations and the trials and the tribulations that we go through. We called it, you can get through this. That was the title. If you can get through it, you can get through it because we understand that Jesus is with us and whatever we go through, we can get through. Today, I want to remind you that in order to get through it, it's going to take joy in order to be sustaining through your problems and your trials and your situations. No one in the sound of my voice is immune to having trials and situations. No one in the sound of my voice is immune to going through difficulties and struggles. No one in the sound of my voice is immune to going through maybe financial situations or even health situations. No one is immune from that. And James is telling us, this is how you get through it. You know that you have joy And joy is the strength that's going to help you endure the trial and situation. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, the writer of Hebrews says, Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what was set before him? Joy was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat at the right hand of the Father. What am I saying? The joy that was set before Jesus in order to endure the cross was the strength that gave him the ability to accomplish God's given goal and mission for his life. It was joy. So joy is not an external circumstance that happens that tries to get on the inside of you. That would be happiness. Joy is an internal consideration that you have on the inside of you that you are projecting in your outside world. 
It is not the other way around. You're not going to get joy from the world and, and then it jumps in you. No, no, no. You're going to have to get joy from the Lord. And when you get joy from the Lord, that joy on the inside of you will jump out of you and it will change the way you view your situations because the strength to endure comes from joy. You're going to have to have joy. And can I just be completely honest with you? The worst thing that can happen to you is you die and you go to heaven. Just consider that for a moment. That is the worst thing that can happen to you. So if you don't get any joy from that, knowing nothing worse can happen to me is that I die and I go to heaven, that should give you so much joy that when Pookie say, uh, you know, you owe me $27, you ain't paying me back yet, and he keep hounding you for that $27, you're like, listen, Pookie, I'm going I, I, to get through this trial and situation because I'm going to heaven, somebody. Now, if you need $27 to pay Pookie back, let me know, and we'll pay Pookie back. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and we are not to disregard joy. We are to remember joy when we're going through trials because a test, a trial, a circumstance, and a situation is coming to kill you. I know know we like to say that trials come to make you strong, and some gospel writers they love to say that these trials are coming to make you strong. They are, they're not coming to make you strong. They are coming to take you out. They're coming to eliminate you. They're coming to, to separate you. On Wednesday night, we talked about that. Satan wanted to sift Peter as wheat to separate him from the things of God, to, to get him divided. That's why he was coming, to divide him. These trials are coming to divide you and separate you. They're not coming to make you strong. But what you do with the trial, how you handle the temptation, how you handle the struggle, how you handle the bad news, how you handle it will determine if you'll get stronger or not. But you cannot do any of this without the fruit of the Spirit called joy. Somebody shout joy. Joy. Somebody say, I am full of joy. And so in verse 2, James says, my brother, encountered all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Look at verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now let's pause here. I want to talk about this word knowing. Somebody say knowing. 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 Uh, the, I like to consider this word knowing like watching a movie uh, that I've seen before. There are certain movies that Stacy and I have seen before. And we like to watch them again. They're funny. They make us laugh. We feel good. And we like to laugh. We like to have fun. And we'll watch a movie that we've seen. And we'll know what's coming next. We know what's coming next. We just know it. And we still laugh because it's funny, right? And we know it's coming next. And guess what? It always comes next. Whatever's coming next, it comes next every single time. We know that that's coming next every single time. Not one time does it not come next. It comes back every time. The movie Elf. We like watching the movie Elf. And when Elf walks in to his dad, and he's like, Dad! And I mean, we just laugh, and we know that's coming every single time, and we laugh, and we think it's funny. We know this about the movie. Consequently, what do you know about the trial? What do you know about it? Well, Well, watch this. Knowing that the testing 
of your faith produces patience. This is what you should know. If you're full of joy and you're going through a test trial situation, a bad thing, know, like you've seen movies before, know this, that what comes after this is going to produce patience. But what has to happen first? A testing has to happen first. And I don't want you to be afraid of this word testing because in order for you to know what you got, there has to be a testing to know it. In order for you to know what's on the inside of you, there must be a testing that takes place. In order for you to know what you're made of, there must be a testing that takes place. So don't be afraid of this word testing. I mean, you remember when you got your driver's license? You're excited to go get it. You're 16 years old. You were excited. There had to be a test. Now, somehow, Zai got her license and didn't have to take the test. I don't even know how that was even applicable, but she got her license with, without a test. <laughs> she's smart. Yes, she's smart, just like her daddy. She's smart. And so, uh, there's got to be a test. So, in order to, to get anything worthy, there must be a test. In order to know what you got, there must be a test, and it's the testing of what you believe. These trials, struggles, tribulations that you are going through is a test to find out what you really believe. If you really believe God, this test will determine if you really do. Because if you quit during the test, then that tells me that you don't really believe God or you don't really believe what his word says about the situation. So a test comes, well, I believe God's going to take care of me, and then all of a sudden an unexpected bill comes. Then what are you going to believe now? Are you going to believe that God still take care of you, or now do you believe, well, I got to hustle, you know, closed mouths don't get fed, you know, do I got to do all this other stuff to pay this bill? No, I believe God's going to take care of me, unexpected bill or not. God says he's going to supply my needs. Man, I, I love God. He loves me. I, I, I give, and it shall be given. God's going to take care of it. Amen. I believe God. A test comes. When we first started the church, there was one particular time we did not have the rent money. The, the, we, had, we had more month than we had money. And we didn't have it. And I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous. I'm biting my nails. I was, I, was, I was shaking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be due, and we just don't have it. We don't have it. It's going to be due. It's going to be due. And Stacy and I are like, well, we believe God. God called us to do this. We're going to believe God that he's going to take care of this. This is God's house. This is what God's calls us to do. He told me he wasn't going to embarrass me. I trust him. I told him if I step out and start a church, don't embarrass me, God. He said, I ain't going to embarrass you. Just trust me. I trust him. We, we were praying and just believing God. I never took it to, the, to you guys because I, this is be, was between me and God. God, you said you're going to handle it. We get a call after the whole month because we knew it was, it was going to be short. You, don't, you know when it's going to be short. Don't look at me like you ain't never been short before. You know when it's going to be short. And we were just, oh, it's going to be short. It's going to be short. And, and we get a call from a man doesn't even live in our state. 
lives in another state and said, the Lord told me um, to do something for you. How much is, your, is the payment on the, on the facility? And I said, uh, why are you asking? He said, the Lord just told me to ask you that. I said, I told him how much it was. He goes, I got a check in the mail coming. The Lord told me to pay it this month for it. I didn't say nothing to nobody about this. The Lord told me to pay it. He said, and this is what he said. The Lord said, you need to get used to not making that monthly payment. I said, glory to God. This will help you get used to it. Man, he, the, the came in, a test came. Am I going to believe God or I'm going to try to manipulate and get money out of folks? This was a test, Right? God came through. Now, when my accountant calls me and says, Pastor, the checking account's down to $90, I just laugh because I've been through this before, and God has come through for me before, and I know something about this test. It's going to produce something on the inside of me, and it's working for my good because of the way I'm viewing it. And when you view it in that way, and you have joy, we're going to be joyful throughout the whole process. I'm going to keep my joy. God is good. Worst thing that can happen to me, they kick us out of this building. That's the worst thing that happen. But God said he's going to provide. Amen. And so this testing produces something. It, it, it produces patience. Somebody say patience. patience. Say it again, patience. patience. Say it one more time, patience. Patience. We don't like this word, patience. We, we, we don't like it. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't like it. I mean, what's taking too long, you know? You go stand in line at, at Walmart, and it's like, my gosh, what's, what's taking so long? I, I need to get in and out. What's taking so long? We don't, we don't like patience. And, and many of us will say, oh, now don't, don't pray for patience. I'll submit something. You can't pray for patience. You don't receive patience by praying for it. Lord, make me a patient man. That, that's not how patience comes. Patience comes through testing. I said patience comes through testing. You have to be tested in order to develop the fruit of patience. Patience means cheerful endurance. Uh, it's the ability to continue and to last. Stamina. Endurance. Guts, despite uh, adverse effects like, you know, fatigue. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting, right? Patience means I'm going to continue to wait even when I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to continue to trust God even when it doesn't look like he's coming through for me. I'm going to continue to remain in joy in this trial of situation even when it looks like I will look foolish at the end of it. Patience says that I'm going to continue with cheerful endurance while this trial is going on. Now, this is so important because patience will allow you to be more experienced in every area of your life. God is interested in your development. God is interested in rubbing out the sharp edges of your life. God is interested in rounding out those edges so that you can be more experienced and more developed. I feel little of the Lord, and I'm going to tell this story. This is a bad story about me, okay? It's a bad story about me, but I had to go through a test. I shared it with our men um, in our men's group 
Um, this happened right after COVID or, or that sort of thing. But if you had asked me before, am I a patient man? I'd have been like, yes, I'm a patient man. And do you respect authority? And yes, I respect authority. And yes, we should do what, what law enforcement tells us or we should do what, uh, you know, the people in our leadership are telling us to do. And I'm not saying be gullible, but I'm saying, you know, we should obey the laws of the land. Yes, yes, yes. Well, one particular time, I had took my family to a carnival in a particular city. And my parents lived right by the carnival. We could walk from my parents' house to the carnival. That's how close it was. We just, she said, why don't you? They said, come over and just walk. We'll walk to the carnival. And there's hundreds of people were there. And we, we were walking back and forth. We were there all day, walking back and forth. Well, I walked back and forth. The kids stayed. I walked back and forth. And then one particular time, I'm walking back to my parents from the carnival. This time I had the whole family with me. We've been there all day. We're tired. We're hot. We're ready to get back. I got my whole family with me. I'm walking back. Stacy's mom was there as well. And, and so we're talking about older, mature people with me that want to go back. A police officer comes up on me in a four-wheeler as we're walking back and says, you can't go this way. So I said, okay, my, my parents live right here. I'm just walking home. I said, you can't go this way. Now, normally, I would say, hey, guys, you know, you just, you know, respect authority and do what this word said. Well, I didn't do that that time. I said, I'm going home, and I'm going this way. This is where we live, right here. This is where we live. We're going. I said, we can't go this way. And so he and I are going back and forth. I mean, we're going back and forth. Back and forth. He, said, he said, we can't go, this, that. Then all of a sudden, now a relationship that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. Okay? All of a sudden, my wife yells at me. Stacy, if you know more, y'all know Stacy. She don't yell. <laughs> she never yells. She yells at me. And I turn like, what in the world? And she yells at me, and she says, Devon, let's go now. And I'm turning to her like, why are you yelling at me? First of all, so now I'm upset at the officer, and I'm upset at Stacy, right? And so now I turn my attention to her. What, what are you yelling for? We're going home, and, 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 and she said, let's go. And all of a sudden, I look at my kids, and they're looking distraught. Finally, I said, oh, and the officer said that there was going to be, a, there was going to be a, tr- uh, a bus that would come pick us up and take us home. He lied. I said, there ain't no bus out here, man. Stop lying. This bus ain't finna to pick us up and take us home. I ain't seen a bus out here all day. And he said, because he wanted me to leave, right? Well, I end up finally, we end up, we had to take this long walk around, long walk around to get home. Now, the house was right here. We had to go all the way around. We finally get back. I'm angry. I'm livid. I'm upset at Stacy. I'm upset at the officer. I'm upset at, at the weather. I'm upset at how tired I was. I'm angry. And finally, I get in the car. I ain't talking to my wife. My kids are back there crying. Like, what are y'all crying for? Well, come to find out, we find, we get home. Come to find out, they, they felt like they saw the officer reaching for his weapon. Now, I didn't see that, saying that I was attacking him. They felt, they said, they sensed that's what they felt, that he was getting very aggressive because he was trying to, he kept coming closer to me. When, and you know, listen, I, I'm, I love the Lord. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I love you. I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't backing up. 
you know, I'm, okay, I'm standing right here, right? And, and so he kept, so they, so I'm telling you this story because I get home and I have to apologize to my wife. I said, you know, I acted, I didn't act with patience and kindness with that police officer. Will you forgive me? And she told me the reason why she yelled because she wanted me to get mad at her and not at him. And she wanted me to direct my anger towards her and not towards him because she felt there was a threat. I, I, I end up going to each kid individual. They felt the same. I'm the only one that didn't see any of what they see, okay? They see all of this going on. I go to each of them individually and I say, Daddy apologizes. I did not pass this, this test. I, I did, I, do not act like me. Just walk. Just go the other direction. Just, just move on. Please forgive me. They all forgave me. And we moved on. And I got done the rest of the night. The Lord spoke to me. He said, that was a test. You're not as patient as you think you are. It, you, if you would ask me, am I a patient? Yeah, I'm a patient man. Until I felt like my rights were hindered. Now, at the moment, truth be told, he had a right to tell us not to go that direction. I was going there all day now. Okay, this is not my story. Let me just keep it moving. But, okay, move on. And so, I told, I told my kids, I'm sorry. I, I apologized to Stacy. I said, you know, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I don't mean to put our family in this situation. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this was a test. This was a test to show you, you still got some work to do. And there's still some edges that need to be smoothed. There's, there's opportunities for you to be patient and to be kind and respond the way that we're supposed to respond. How, what if y'all would have just seen on TV, pastor fights, police officer, that's my pastor in the fight with the, I mean, what, what does that look like? That, that doesn't, you know, that Pastor Devon was fighting, you know, it, it's, it's not worth it. It's, it's not worth it. And at the moment, I didn't see it wasn't worth it. I wanted to get home. But at that moment, the Lord was telling me, it's, it's in these moments when the test will come that you are going to have to tap into the grace of God and remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. The, the joy we had that day of having fun in the family should have been enough to make me just say, whatever, we, we young we can, we, can, we can go the other way. We're young. But, but, but at the time, that's not what I was thinking. And it was in these testing times that you will find out what is really on the inside of you. In verse 4, he says there, he says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So watch this. When we allow ourselves to be tested, and they're coming, tests are coming, if we will know some things about it, these tests are coming, I know what's going on. This is a test. I know. It's a test on how I'm going to respond. This is an opportunity for me to develop the fruit of patience, and now I'm going to let patience have its work. So I'm going to put patience to work. I'm going to employ patience. 
I'm going to hire patience. Are you listening to me? I'm putting patience to work. So then when I let patience have its perfect work, then I'm going to be perfect. That word perfect means mature. Then I'm going to be mature and complete. Lacking nothing, meaning no deficiencies. I won't have any deficiencies if I allow testing to help develop and shape the character that is godly and Christ-like. The test that you're going through, whatever it may be, if you will view it in the way God wants you to view it, it will shape and will mold and will develop you to gain experience in ways that you would not have gained on your own. It will shape and develop you to be complete in ways that you've been incomplete and you won't have any deficiencies. Many years ago, um, a lady came to me. Many, I wasn't pastoring anything. She came to me and she was hurt by what someone had done to her at her church. It was hurtful. She was really, really hurt. And I said to her, God forgive me, but I said to her, just build a bridge and get over it. This is the worst thing I, sh- I could say. I was young and I was dumb. Build a bridge and get over it. Just, you got to get over this. And I went on about my way until I got hurt. And I got hurt in a church and in the ministry. And I got badly bruised and hurt. And, and, and the Lord reminded me, here I am telling someone else a few years before, build a bridge and get over it. And now I'm realizing I didn't have the experience that she had. And now I'm going through it. I will never say like that, that to anybody else because I've gone through experiences. I've gone through hurts. I've gone through pains. I've gone through obstacles. Now I know it's not as easy as to build a bridge and get over it. Now it's like, hey, I've got experience with that too. And here's what the Lord taught me through my experience. This is what testing will do. It'll gain you experience. And that's what you need is to have experience so that you can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You'd be like an open refrigerator full of goodies that when someone comes to you or someone needs something because of the gained experience you got through all the testing that you've been through, you will be able to provide solutions for other people. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Look at verse 4 one more time, James chapter 1, verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, that is mature, not immature like I was with the police officer, mature and complete, lacking nothing. And I like verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, okay, so I'm going through a test, I'm going through a trial, I'm going through a situation. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So I'm going through something, but I don't know what to do. I don't have insight. God's saying, ask me. Ask me for the insight. And if you ask me, I'm going to give it to you liberally. I'm going to supply it to you. I'm going to give you what, the, what you need in, in, to fulfill and pass this test. I'm going to give you what to do when you don't know what to do. I'm going to give you what you're lacking in the test so that you can overcome this test. So then you'll be perfect and complete. I'll give it if you simply ask. 
But most people don't ask, and I'm going to tell you why. Skip down to verse 13 real quick of this chapter, James chapter 1, verse 13. Most people don't ask. Here's why. Verse 13 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. They don't ask for the wisdom because they think God is the one testing them. So they don't ask for it because this is of God. And the test, the temptation, the enticement to sin, the, the solicitation to sin is not from God. It's from the enemy, but God can use it to develop patience in you. Now, God is never tempting you. Listen to me. I want you to get these down. I don't have time to break these down. God will never tempt you with sickness and disease. Never. Never. He's not going to give you cancer to teach you something. We don't, we don't see that in the Bible ever. Not one time do we see Jesus walking with somebody and say, I'm going to give you some cancer. You know what? I need, you need to learn something, and here's cancer. Take it. Learn. Never. Not one time. Not one, not one verse to support that theology. Not one verse. But people will be, God's tempting me with the sickness. Well, he, he won't do that. Because he bore it on the cross for you. If God ever tests you, it is tests of obedience. Will you do what I'm telling you to do? When he tested Abram, it was obedience with his son, right? Hey, will you sacrifice him? It was a test of obedience. And then when he got ready to sacrifice him, God told him, don't do it. It was a test of obedience, it, G, Hebrews tells us that Jesus learned obedience by the things that he struggled with or the things that he was tested in. It's how he learned obedience in Hebrews. He learned obedience through, 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 the, through the things that were presented to him. So God will test you with obedience, but never with sickness and disease because he has redeemed you from the curse of sickness and disease. The enemy is putting sickness and disease, and God, now God can, because of his grace and mercy, God can show you a lot of stuff as you defeat this sickness and disease. He can show you some stuff in it, but he didn't give it. And so the number one reason why people don't ask God for wisdom in the test is because they believe God gave it to them. But if you believe, okay, this is from the enemy, then you'll know that I can ask God for wisdom. In my story with the police officer, I, I, God didn't set that up. That was a prime example for the enemy to set that up, and I didn't take the time to ask God for wisdom. Come on, somebody. Forgive me, but I didn't, okay? I didn't take the time to do that, but asking for wisdom, and if I would have, he would have said, uh, just, just turn the other way, take your family, and just, just go the other direction. Praise God. Now look at verse 12, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed. Somebody say blessed. blessed. Say it again. Blessed, blessed is the man who endures temptation. This is good. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now watch this. You are empowered to prosper when you endure. That, that word endure also means to continue without wavering. You're enduring this test, trial, and temptation. You are blessed when you're enduring. You're not blessed when you quit. You're not blessed when you give up. 
You're not blessed when you simply say, I don't want to do this no more. No, you're blessed when you're enduring this. So I want you to know if you are going through something right now, you are blessed while going through it. Somebody say, that's mine. Blessed is the man who endures. I'm going through this right now, and I'm blessed as I go through it, because when I get through it, I'm going to be approved or I'm going to be proven. And then the scripture tells us he'll receive the crown of life. Now, this is one of the five crowns that you can receive in the afterlife when you get to heaven. There are five crowns. This is one of them that you could be applicable for going through tests and trials and coming out on top. Praise God for that. But on the earth, this is a promotion. This is next level living. This is a next level of the Zoe God kind of life. And so you will receive next level promotion is available to you and promised to you because you love God and you endure tests and trials. You can live on a higher level of life when you endure temptations and trials. When you go through them with the attitude of joy. I'm going to maintain my joy. I'm going to keep my joy. I'm going to be full of joy during these tests and trials. That joy is going to be the strength that pushes me over the top. And that's going to be what I need to be proven. And it's going to develop patience on the inside of me. And I'm going to let patience have its perfect work, meaning I'm not going to try to get out of things prematurely. I'm going to go through them. Not, well, let me find the quickest exit door. No, I, I'm going to go through And Many people do that in marriages. Where's the quickest exit door? Where's the off-ramp to this marriage? No, 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 no. Go through this thing. Develop some things. Learn some things about yourself you didn't know. Learn some things about God you didn't know. This is what happens when you're going through the test. He's developing you. He's perfecting you. He's causing you to be complete, lacking nothing, gaining experience, and then you'll be able to help somebody else when they go through trials and tribulations in their life. If you never went through nothing, how can you help somebody? You can't. And this is what testing is all about. The title of this message is The Purpose of Trials. Why we go through them so that we can be complete and lacking nothing. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, Go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.